Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome in. Brian Mazarowski here with you on WBEN until about 10 o'clock or so. A great day, bright sunshine. I, I, is it something about the weather that puts you in a better mood than just seeing the sun? I know a lot of people are probably like, yeah, you uh, dummy. That's uh, People have been uh, saying that for 100 years. So you get the vitamin D, the sunshine, it makes you feel better. Why do you think that uh, SAD exists, right? The seasonal uh, affective disorder. People get more depressed in the winter. They, they don't see this. I mean, it's bright, beautiful outside. I'm feeling good. I might be running on fumes, though, a little bit. There, I, there is something that happens. People always say, you know, ah, you get up uh, so early in the morning. What time do you go to bed? Uh, you know, do you go out to do certain things? I'm like, you know, I try to try and get out there, uh, try and enjoy myself. And uh, did that last night. And I always say it, it's not the uh, it, people always think it's the next morning. You know, oh, you stay out late. And then you get up at 3 or whatever the next morning, like, ah, oh, that day has got to drag. And I said, you know, not so much. It's the day after the day after, where it all just kind of catches up to you for some reason. It's, you know, you, you can go in to work fine the next day. But then it's the day after that where it just all kind of catches up to you and you just, like, your head hits the table. You don't know what to do with yourself. And that's, so, that's going to be tomorrow, I think. Today, I'm... I'm feeling it. I'm 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 running on fumes. I w- went out last night. Uh, went to the old punk rock show. Uh, enjoyed myself. It was. I had a great time last night. I went to see the Bouncing Souls downtown on Chippewa, and it was a it was a weird experience. I kind of had a like a, I don't know. Is it like a coming of age moment? I was thinking it's like an I'm old moment. Uh, you can tell me, 803-0930, uh, to join me here on WBEN, 803-0930. Uh, you can give me a call, send me a text on our Volkswagen Vortrip Park text board. Uh, where, so I'm there, and, you know, it's, it's a funny feeling because I'm walking in. It's a packed, um, you know, by the way, you know, Dr. Fauci said the uh, pandemic is over. I think he must have been there last night, right, um, to see that. And that told him, like, all right, yeah, this is <laughs> everybody breathing, uh, screaming, and sweating all over each other. Um, but, you know, I'm there and I'm looking around and the band is a little bit older. I mean, their big record came out just over 20 years ago. And the band's been around since, like, they've been around for about, like, 35 years. So by this point, they are kind of an old band. And they're more of a, you know, well-known band. I expected a good crowd there. It was sold out. But I wasn't sure what the makeup 
of the crowd would be. You know, an older band like that, obviously you're going to get some older fans. I mean, do young kids still pay attention to this? You know, when I saw this band like 15, 16 years ago, it was all kind of people my age. And, you know, I'm walking through there. And I'm seeing like, I would say average age is maybe like 40. But there's people who are a little bit older uh, there. And I'm like, well, you know, this is, I guess this is my scene now. You know, this is, I guess, uh, what happens. You know, everyone's kind of old. And the opening acts, I guess uh, their entire tour, except uh, for them, like, dropped out because everyone got COVID. So their opening acts were acoustic acts. They're guys uh, playing an acoustic guitar. And I'm like, all right, I guess this is this is me now. We're, we're just a mellowed out crowd. Everybody's, you know, a little more chill. And this is 30, 40 years old and and plus. Lots of gray hair. Old band t-shirts. And, you know, then I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, you know, what's the reaction going to be? Because I remember going to see this band, you know, nearly 20 years ago and people were going crazy. I mean, you know, the mosh pit was in full force. Everybody shouting, screaming. It was it was awesome. I'm thinking like, well, I guess it'll be a little bit more you know, laid back for these guys uh, right now. And then, you know, they hit the stage. Everyone uh, cheers. And then it was almost like I an instinct. Because, you know, they take the stage and then they just start. You hear this. <laughs> And it was something that was just like, I don't, there's something about hearing that guitar right at the front. It was like a demon took over me. And there I am just to write. And it, I was worried. Is it just going to be me? No, it's the entire room just erupts. And it's like everybody's 16 years old again, jumping around, going crazy for the Bouncing Souls. Who I mean, You know, they're never the, the biggest band of their time. But, you know, in the punk scene, I mean, they, to punk rock music, they're not, um, you know, if Joe Beamer was here, how would I explain it to him? They're not in sync, but they're like 98 degrees. You know, everyone knows him. <laughs> Just uh, excuse me while I throw myself out the window for uh, saying that. But uh, <laughs> that's a comparison I would make. And everyone was loving it. And I was, I was so happy that everybody was into having a good time. I'm like, what is this? Is this like, uh, is this pent up COVID aggression? You know, in no disrespect to local bands, there's been a lot of good local shows out there, but there hasn't been a ton of, you know, high energy shows like this from bands of that era coming around Buffalo in the last year or so. Is this like just the, everyone heard that, that one chord and had that same reaction of like, it just brings you right back to where you left off. And I'm looking around at the crowd and uh, you probably have some, uh, maybe it's not music, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the barbershop. Maybe it is uh, your seats at a Bills game. You know, it could be anything in your life where you just know the faces 
in the crowd. And I swear from the time I'm 14 years old to last night, the faces never change. <laughs> it, it, it amazed me. I'm looking around, and there are people you know that you don't talk to. I mean, you might, you know, a fist bump or something like that. You, but everyone kind of, you get the glance and the nod, and everyone knows each other because it's all the people hanging around the same shows for the last 20 years. And it's the same people. And like I said, everyone's a little bit older. And I had this like existent, maybe it's like a third life crisis that I'm driving home last night. Like, is this what happens? Like, I always wondered. There's always uh, this old saying of, you know, old punk rockers, uh, punk rockers, uh, old punkers never die, right? They just stand in the back. And I always sound like, yeah, well, that'll be me. I'll just be the guy standing in the back. It wasn't me last night. And it wasn't anybody last night. Everybody was right where they always were. And I just thought, like, is this how it goes? Like, I don't, old timers who are out there, you got to tell me, like, is this how it goes? Is it this, the same faces? Like, are we all just here growing old together? The same faces in the crowd? The same people? We're doing the same things? We're not slowing down a bit? I mean, we did slow down a little bit. You know, a few songs, and I'm, all right, I'm 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 on the outside now. I, I actually have to take a break. I'm a little tired. <laughs> that never used to happen. But here we are. We're just growing. I mean, there really wasn't, as I'm looking around, I, I was trying to find if there's anybody. I'm sure there were people there, but like under 20 years old. I would say everyone there was between like 25 and 55 years old. It's just like that generation, all the same people. And here we are. We we did it 20 years ago, and we're still, every single year goes on. And we're all just going to hang out here doing the same thing forever. You know, maybe it's a little less frequent. It's not once a week anymore. Right, but it's, uh, you know, 10 times a year. We'll catch you back. I don't know. I was maybe it was maybe I've been up to uh, th- this is what two a uh, few hours sleep does to you, Jimmy. You, you come to work on three hours sleep and you talk for uh, four hours, and <laughs> this is like the kind of stuff that runs through your mind. Where I don't, I just expected growing older to be different. I don't, I don't know if I was expecting to be the old guy in the crowd, but it was like no one was the old guy. We were all the same age. And I'm like, well, where are all the young kids? What do they do now? I, am I out of touch? Where are all the real old timers? Are they? I mean, is this what uh, you know Billy Joel is like? Come on, it's just the same people, time and time again, or something like that on our text board eight zero three zero nine thirty. I mean, I don't know. Is this the the third life uh, crisis? Uh, someone saying the faces are incredible. It all comes back. Someone else saying that you go different directions. But uh, it is a music, something like that, that just brings all those same people back together. I mean, you do see people that you would never see anywhere else. Maybe people you were close with. I mean, this has happened to me a ton of times at shows. Or it's like someone who used to be a good friend, used to talk to all the time. And then you lose touch and, I mean, you go years, right, of never talking uh, to some person. And then you come back 
to a show that maybe both of you would have went to all those years ago. And you run into that person. This happened to me. Uh, this was uh, Social D Floggy Molly down at Canal Side. And I ran into an old friend. I'm like, oh, of course. Of course I'm running into you here. Like, how would I? Of course you're here. Why wouldn't you be? You might have lost touch, but the interest still stays the same. I don't know. It was interesting last night and uh, funny just to see that. All the same faces. <laughs> just keeping it going. And I have to give them credit because all the old punkers in Buffalo came out last night. I mean, it was packed, and they brought it. So uh, recognizing all of you out there. But had a good time, and look, still making it. You don't have to worry about me until tomorrow. That's when I crash after a few hours of sleep. Uh, the NFL draft, normally the draft, I would be going out. I think I have to take it easy tonight just to avoid, like, the super crash and uh, to be somewhat awake tomorrow morning because it's going to be a long night if you're staying up for the Bills pick. It does, you know, kind of bring to mind – it's a weird way to get a job, Right. You go through this interview process and like you're just selected by a team. Like, boom, now, now you're in a new city. You have this new job. You're making a bunch of money. It's kind of uh, <laughs> an interesting way to go about it. The New York Times this morning, um, they were writing uh, about the draft, which is pretty interesting. And they uh, called it the power of hubris and uh, maybe humility. And talking about how all these teams are making decisions over the next few days that they later regret. You know, only a handful of these picks ever turn out to be really anything. And they kind of put that to just jobs in general. Think about that if you're hiring somebody. What, how many interviews are in the hiring process? How well do you get to know somebody that's going to be your new employee or that you're going to entrust to do a job. A lot of people, I, I mean, the, the bulk of your information about someone, you know, maybe it's a resume or something like that. For a lot of jobs, it is somebody you know. I mean, that's why the whole networking thing exists. You tend to know the person, you know the job they do, you know what they are capable in their professional life, and then you bring them on. I mean, that happens a lot as you get older. But for most jobs, employers put the weight on the job interview. And in just what? A few minutes of conversation? I mean, how long is your longest job interview ever last? You're supposed to understand if that person can actually do what they're uh, supposed to be doing for years into the future. That seems kind of crazy to me. And from the other way around, I I mean, you you walk into that process, and these players who are going to be picked uh, tonight, they did something similar. They all interview with all the teams. They get asked, uh, you know, I'm sure relevant questions and wacky questions. From the other way around, I mean, how are you supposed to, in a job interview setting, convey what you're going to bring, or if you can do the job in what, a brief 30-minute, hour-long conversation where you're mostly reacting to the questions that they give you? I mean, what's the wackiest question you've ever gotten in a job interview? 
I was asked one time what your spirit animal is. How the hell do you answer that? <laughs> I mean, what, what are you supposed to? <laughs> I, the look on my face, I think, said it all in that moment. <laughs> it's just, I don't think I'm going to fit in here if you're asking me that <laughs> question. I think that was maybe the craziest, uh, that was the craziest one. But it is a kind of a wild process. You have employee, well, employers right now, they're throwing darts, hoping that they're picking the right person. Employees, the power is in the hands of the interviewer right now. You keep on hearing it again and again. We talk with Jill on Money every single week. That the job market is perfect for job seekers. There's more open positions than there are people looking for the job in a lot of fields. So what does that result in? How about this? In New York City, a new law requiring employers to post the salary for their job postings. And to me, I look at that and say, why did this not happen sooner? I mean, if you are going to regulate job postings in general, if you're going to have hiring requirements, how is that not one of them? Because what's the reason you're going for a job in the first place? To make money, <laughs> right? If there wasn't dollars attached to it, would any of us be there? Uh, would any of us be anywhere? Maybe some jobs, the answer is yes, but uh, for most of them, I'm going to guess probably not. I mean, that's the, that's the reason you're going to work in the first place. So why wouldn't that, right, just vital piece of information be readily available? I think it's about time. What do you think? 803-0930, a lot of you weighing in on your job interview questions. What? (laughs) The uh, weirdest things. Um, Someone was asked if they've ever taken LSD. I mean, what was the job for? Maybe that would shed a little bit more light as to why. What were you wearing? How long was your hair at this job interview? Maybe that would shed a little bit more light into why you were asked that question. Uh, I don't understand this. Someone was interviewing for a job as a cake decorator. And somehow the conversation evolved into food and how you make uh, spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, that doesn't directly apply, does it? And someone else saying, I was asked if I believed there was life in outer space. I can't, unless you're going uh, for a job at NASA, I don't see how that applies. 803-0930 to uh, continue weighing in. Uh, Brian Mazrowski here with you for the rest of the hour on WBEN. All right, welcome back. Brian Mazrowski here with you. And uh, Joe Beamer is going to be in for David Bellavia uh, coming up. I, You know, Joe, um, you were right with me. That's, uh, you know, you're full of energy, and then it's like the next day that you crash off. Oh, yeah, because you feel so good the day after when you're like, I'm not, it's not that bad. This is yeah. great. And then it's the following day. I think of the Bills-Kansas City game that had the, um, the delay in the middle of it from uh, this year, the Sunday night game. And I don't think the game ended till almost one o'clock. You were smart enough to take the next day off. Yeah, I show up three. I, I'm here, you know, three and a half hours later. I'm like, this isn't all that bad. And then the next day, I could barely keep my eyes open. Yeah, that's um, I usually would have taken like the next day off. Uh, now I just 
things slip my mind. Oh, <laughs> believe me. His schedule gets so like uh, jammed up with stuff, and before you know it, it's here, and all of a sudden you can't figure it out. It's rare for me to actually remember to ask a day off. It usually, a schedule will have to come out, and then I'm the problem because I forgot to ask. I like, um, you know, you were uh, you came in here. You're like, oh, you know, have fun last night? And I said, yeah. And one of the questions you asked was, how was the crowd? Which is, I love that you asked that question. Oh, because yeah. it's such an important part of like any event that you go to. A crowd can ruin a show. Oh my goodness, yes. And I just said like, it, uh, for some reason it hit me when you, I said it was the best crowd last night. It was the best crowd. And I don't know if I, I talked about age. You know, there's something about I'm just thinking about getting older because everyone around me was older, and I'm like, oh, this is, I guess this is how it is. Like we're all just growing old. It's the same faces in the crowd. We're all just getting older <laughs> together and doing the exact same thing. But there, I, there's something about you're at that show and the crowd. It doesn't happen for bigger bands because bigger bands you have uh, people who go see them who don't normally go to a concert like that. Right. And, you know, I see this all the time. You know, some of the bigger names in the scene you'll have. I was telling you the example, uh, Dropkick Murphys. They played in Niagara Falls. This is maybe like five years ago. And at their shows always, it never because they've gotten bigger, they've gotten a lot of exposure. You'll always have, you know, people, and I'm thinking, not, not to uh, uh, put this on anyone. I'm not discriminating. But, you know, it's usually like teenage girls or, you know, in their 20s or something like that. Not used to going to a show. And I'll never forget, uh, Agnostic Front was the opener, you know, this heavy hardcore band from New York City. And I'm there with my buddy. And there's these girls, like, waiting by the front. And they're just so excited for the show. And (laughs) Stigma comes out and he plays his guitar and they're going crazy. And there's my friend, he's throwing spin kicks and everything. And just the look (laughs) on their faces when they see, like, what they've gotten and how quickly they go away to, you know, some other area. It is I'll never forget it. It's so funny to watch that happen. But there is something where everyone's older. It's not as big of a name. So you're not getting a lot of people who are just going to shows for the first time. And just like everyone kind of knows the bit they play in the crowd. You know, if you're rowdy and you like that, you're, you're right up front, you're in the this part. If you're not, you're in the back or on the side. And just everyone knows where to go to enjoy themselves and everyone's having a good time. And I just, it made for the best crowd, Joe. See, that's great. I think, I think we're going to hear a lot of that, as you said, this, this summer, right? You're going to see a lot of people just wanting to get out there and live it up. Yeah. Get out there and have fun. The enthusiasm is going to be there. Yes. The enthusiasm is absolutely going to be there. I, I just, there was something about last night where I think it was like that perfect, the enthusiasm played a part, but it was just that perfect makeup of the people who were there. And just knowing the role that you – because you all play a role in the show. You're not on the stage, but everybody, as you mentioned, the crowd can ruin or make anything. A, a show, a sporting event. Think about the Jack Eichel game. You know, he comes back. The crowd made that game, <laughs> exactly. you know, as much as the game on the ice. Um, and just everyone was had that great attitude. It was the best crowd. Now, you brought up age. I wouldn't have asked this, but you brought up age. Were you – Older, younger, or in the median age? I would say I'm right smack dab there in the middle. Because okay. I would have said, like, maybe there was not a lot of young faces. Maybe I was actually on the younger side of things, but I would say, like, 25 to 50 or okay. so. I would say that was the age range. Sorry if you're not 50 and I just think you look like you're 50. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, between, like, 30 and 45, you know, like, that was the sweet spot. Where 
like yeah, we were 16 years old in yep. in, the, in the early 2000s, and now we're still here. It's just weird. Yeah, that we're all, Do you see that? I'm wondering if that translates to other musical acts. I made an analogy just for you, Joe, earlier this morning. I said this band, they're not um the they're not in sync, yeah. but they're 98 degrees. Okay. You know, they're like that's the scale of popularity. 98 we're, degrees. Saw them at the uh, Erie County Fair in I, the I 90s. know you would have. Um but that, that's I made that just for you just to kind of show. They're not the biggest most well-known, but they're they're popular. Well, see, here's what's great about country music concerts. Um country music, it's the same crowd. It was the same crowd in 2000, the same crowd now. You've got people, no offense to my dad, you got people my dad's age, you've <laughs> got people my age, and you've got people who are in high school and college. And that's exactly how it was in 2000, you know, when, when I started going to concerts. It's, it's always those three age ranges. And, you know, you just, you get new fans, other fans stop going to concerts. It's always those three. And, and so the crowd always looks the same. It's always those three age ranges represented. Yeah. I guess it's with the smaller, you know, I don't go to a lot of bigger shows, right? It's always in a smaller venue where it's funny you say, you know, the crowd always looks the same. And Joe, I'm saying the crowd literally, like they are the same people. Right. They are literally the same people. (laughs) Oh, you again. And it is like that. And there's something fun about that. It. Yeah, I don't know. It brought back a, a lot of good feelings to have that here in Buffalo because, you know, I've been to a bunch of shows. There's a lot of outdoor stuff last year, but this was really one of the first ones here locally, indoors. Just, I, I mean, it was, you're jumping right back in. It was 2000 again. I'll let you know July 3rd what the Baxter Boys uh, crowd looked like. Yeah. <laughs> You Please know, do. Will you recognize the same faces from the last time uh, you were there? I was gonna say the last time. It, it, that's a little different, right? Because you don't. You're not having. People younger... will recognize your face because your face will look a little bit different from their normal demographic. <laughs> oh, it's that kid again. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I was talking a little bit about uh, this new story out in New York City, Joe. I'm not sure if you're bringing this up at all uh, when you take over for David, but they're posting. I just think it's the most obvious thing. They're going to require people uh, uh, who are hiring post what the salary is, you know, what you're being paid, which you so often on job postings, it's like, oh, here are the qualifications. Here are some of the benefits, but they don't tell you about the main benefit. You know, the reason why you have a job in the first place. What you'll be paid. That's for you to figure out over the course of, I don't know, 30 minutes or something like that. Now, someone was chiming in, you know, this is uh, hard to do for hourly jobs. Most hourly jobs, you, what's the hourly rate? Right. You know, that the rate of pay. If it's a salary job, what is that salary over the course of the year? I, I think that should be mandatory for everybody because it's a little unfair to the person seeking for a uh, looking for a job to be now wasting their time amongst these jobs and like oh whoa wait i thought you know my expectation is way out of the ballpark of you um sorry we just wasted both of our times here <laughs> so it, it to understand this correctly cuz this is something i'm going to get into it's there's they can show the minimum and the maximum right it's a range they're showing when you apply for the job the range of what this job can pay yes i i just think they should come out and say a number. But you I think, know, pick I think a that number. depends on the person. What if you what if someone goes for a job that, you know, they say it's 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 not 
required, but it's desired that you have, you know, experience in this field. But you just have a great interview, right? You, you talk them off the, their feet and they say, we're going to hire you, but we're going to start you at this lower end because you don't have the experience as the person who once held this job. Now, this would be coming from the employee's standpoint. Yes. I don't know what the person doing the hiring and writing the check would think about this. I think you make a good point, but if you're willing to pay somebody one thing to do a good job at whatever the job, that's what you're willing to pay, and that should be whether the person is 18 years old or they're 80 years old. Probably will be a little younger than that if you're just doing the hiring. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. If they're doing the job to the same capabilities, then the pay should be whatever you're willing to pay for that position. That's a great point. Where experience, I think, comes in is there, you know, it's tough to just talk about jobs. There's a million different types of jobs out there. Right. There are many jobs where your experience would definitely help you in a situation. If you are um, in a local company doing some sort of sales job and it requires, it would be beneficial for you and whoever's hiring you to have a lot of connections locally because that's going to pay off in what you're doing. Well, then that experience is worth a little bit more than somebody starting off fresh. Exactly. But if you're going to do a task-based job, and, you know, like I said, if you're fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, fresh out of 30 years of employment, if you are going to do that task and do it just exactly what they're looking for, why should your pay be any different just because of how old you are? That's a good point. Now, if you work for a landscaping company and don't know to stay away from the radio station when there's uh, live programming on, maybe that's a little less of a pay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, it is tough, um, you know, to, just to talk about jobs. Like, jo- I mean, there's, You're right. it, it's there's so, such variety in yeah. what you get, right? It's, it's, it's so different. You have your, your minimum wage jobs or your part-time jobs, your... your, your um, I mean, you've got your attorneys, your doctors, what we do, uh, retail. I mean, it's all different. It's all different scale. Yeah, an attorney, I mean, it probably helps to have a lot of experience. Yes, and clients. That's the thing, though, right? <laughs> I mean, but with you are, you're going to be given a different job based on the level of experience you have. So it's not really the same job. You're right. Yep, you're right. So then your pay would differ. So I can see why you might have a range in there. Maybe you're just looking for something... And if somebody who can give you a little bit more ends up, you give them a little bit more. But I think in general, maybe it's the advertised price. Like when you when you buy a house, this, you're at least going to get this. Right. You're in we the range. We can negotiate this at the at the interview. You know, keep the range um, somewhat. You know, I'm not going to say, well, here this job pays uh, between fifteen and fifty five dollars an hour. You know, just <laughs> you have to keep it respectable. Um, but to give people an idea of what they're going in for. Because like I said, Joe, it's why people go for a job in the first place. Money. Right? Yeah. I mean that's if if there were that is the most important part of this entire huge job listing that somebody put a lot of time and effort into it. I think most people are just scrolling to the bottom. All right, what does it pay? And then maybe I'll read the rest right. of it. <laughs> so let's cut to the chase and uh, do this and I can't imagine that employers wouldn't want that either because 
well, you don't so- want somebody who's going to, oh, this is great. And then they see what you're willing to pay and say, well, no, I'm out of here. You just wasted your time. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point because, yeah, you you don't want to say this is all we're offering you. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Yeah. You got people going in. Hey, maybe I can talk them up, but this is what I'm interviewing for. This is the, the wage. Do you have a lot of people were uh, chiming in on this? The strangest thing they've been asked at a job interview, you know, in Ooh, the spirit like of the NFL draft, sometimes yes. you get wonky questions and, you know, translating that to real life. People in regular job interviews will ask questions that you just think, <laughs> I mean, is wild and off the wall. Do you have one, like, for a job where somebody asks you something that's just totally crazy? I don't have good experience in job interviews, Brian. I've, I've interviewed for three jobs. Okay, you're batting a thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe. It's not good. That's uh, to the to to my employers listening. I've done a lot of job interviews. Disregard what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like some of these uh, that have come in, life in outer space, um, sharing recipes for uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Doing, I I brought up the example. What's your spirit animal? What were you asked? Was that the one you were asked? Yeah, just you know what what am I supposed to do? You know how you answer that question? So I don't think I'm the right fit here. I like the one from Office <laughs> My Space. My attitude. And <laughs> what would you do if you had a million dollars? I, I just, that would be, I, I wouldn't be working here. That's the. <laughs> no, but if you're looking for a strange question, that, that's, that's the, that, if I had to ask something to catch the, because isn't that the, the job? Why are you looking for a strange question? But it, uh, <laughs> isn't that the point? To catch the person off guard? Give them something they weren't prepared for and see how they respond? I think that's the whole point of asking a question that's not in your line of questioning. I guess if you can remain cool I've under pressure. I've never interviewed someone, though, for a job. So. Is that – can this person remain cool under pressure? We're going to just uh, throw them around and see what they do. Right. I can – I guess you see that. Without, you know, throwing you in the office, maybe that's the only way they have. Because it's a – it's kind of a flawed system, right, Joe? I mean, if you're an employer, what, you you got 30 minutes with a person to figure out if they're – Right. Someone is going to fit in. How would you know? Exactly. And it's when everyone's on their best behavior. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the person you're getting in the office. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one's coming in and just like going to be their work self like a year from now at the job interview. No. When I interviewed for this job, I wore a suit. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I've seen you in here wear gym shorts over wind pants. <laughs> Imagine walking in like that. Like, listen, I know last uh, interview I walked in in a suit, but uh, now you're getting the real me. Right. Now I thought I'd be fair before you actually have me sign this. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. But what are you talking about here? Well, we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Fauci saying that the pandemic is over. Uh, signs of that because he says the pandemic's over. I'm going to an event tonight where I have to wear a mask. Because Erie County is in high transmission. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't like spending too much time on the pandemic, though. Also going to ask you, Brian, the question that you might have been asked at your uh, job interview. Arizona, one man won the Powerball all to himself. $473. What would you do with $473 million? We'll also talk about, get this, another tenant leaving Station 12. Leave... Can you leave something if you were never there in the first well, place? Pulling out of their agreement, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's uh, that's like one of those uh, crazy questions. But. And we also have Robbie Ron at 12.06 to talk about eh, maybe you fell out of that diet around Easter time. She'll have some tips to get you back on track.
Yeah, what was it? The chocolate bunnies that I saw, she posted a picture of a brain. I was like, well, this will be interesting. The mindset of weight loss. I love it. Getting in that mental mindset. I love it. Joe, can't wait to hear from you in just a few minutes from now. Well, thank you, Brian. In for David Balavia on WBEN. All right, uh, other stories in the news. I had to get to this. Um, oh, how well, before I do, th- this is the greatest uh, text in here. Not the weirdest, but most memorable interview question. Old Van Halen versus new Van Halen. I mean, that's... I would just love to also know the job that you were applying for where these questions were asked because that's a great if that's like a, for a warehouse job and they asked you that because it's like hey we need to know what's going to be on the playlist <laughs> I mean that would make perfect sense but that is a strange one to ask what do they mean by old ver- they mean like uh, Hagar versus um David Lee Roth okay right? that's that's what they mean I okay. would I would imagine yeah. that's what they mean yeah. David Lee Roth I just you know we saw one of his last performances Oh yeah, it was it was great, <laughs> baseball camp and all. Uh, no, this story out of the uh, AP, which I just don't understand. It's, this is going back to Elon Musk and the uh, the craziness, uh, how people are losing their minds uh, when it comes to Elon Musk taking control of Twitter. Uh, this is from the AP: potential targets of online abuse worry about Twitter takeover. So this whole story is about people who may who are worried that (laughs) they might get mean tweets sent their way if Elon Musk... I mean, this is... There's a lot of qualifiers here before there's actual distress. But I, I just cannot make sense. Tell me if my reading comprehension is wrong. Musk has said he wants to make the social media site a place where people can express themselves freely without fear of retribution. Now, this is the AP article. That's seen as discomforting to those who are often the target of online ridicule, like women, minorities, and other marginalized groups. What's worse, this is in the story, what's worse, some fear that instead of abandoning the platform, members of such groups might stick around on Twitter because they feel it's a diverse forum to express thoughts. Hang on a second. So, so that in the, according to the author, which is not listed where I have this, but the worst possible thing that could come from Elon Musk owning Twitter, according to the AP, is that women, people who are members of minority groups, would stick around on Twitter because they like that it's a diverse forum to express thoughts. It's listed as what's worse. <laughs> the AP. I don't. Am I missing something here? Did a sentence get uh, you know uh, left out? What's worse? I mean, what's, what is bad about that in the first place? Hey, you know what? Some people are very scared about getting uh, mean tweets sent their way. Other people welcome the fact that there is a diverse forum to express your thoughts. But again, according to some of the news, 
That's actually a bad thing. I don't know what to make of that, but I uh, was sitting on that for a while. Hey, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. As mentioned, Joe Beamer coming up next after the news on WBEN. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.